This episode features dramatizations and discussions of body horror and harm to minors. Listener discretion is advised, especially for listeners under 13. Something to note, the story you're about to hear is not a direct retelling of any single depiction of the Tooth Fairy. Today's episode combines elements from a number of world legends and stories for dramatic effect. Hello everyone, I'm Vanessa Richardson, and this is Mythical Monsters, a Spotify original from Parcast. This week we're crossing the veil for another installment in our Famous Fairies season, where we explore the meaning behind the stories, spells, and skills of our most renowned Fae. You can find all episodes of Mythical Monsters and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. These alluring and alarming creatures come from all over the globe, but today we'll cover one of our own modern American fairies. This New World Fae has become an iconic part of childhood, along with Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny. But unlike her magical colleagues, she doesn't just give gifts or candy, she demands an offering in return. Their teeth. So tell your kids to go play in their rooms because we're about to tell the truth about the Tooth Fairy. Coming up, we'll put a dollar under our pillow and meet the Tooth Fairy. Losing a tooth is a traumatic rite of passage. In most cases, it's a child's first indication that their bodies are about to change in ways they likely aren't prepared for. It's no surprise then that almost every culture has some form of ritual for the disposal of baby teeth, from burying them to incinerating them, or if you're American, selling them to an enchanted fairy. All a child has to do is place their tooth under their pillow, and the tooth fairy will swoop in while they sleep and replace it with cash. Within the span of one night, losing a tooth transforms from something scary into something special. The promise of magic and money feels like a natural, time-tested way to help children cope with tooth loss, which is why it's so surprising that the Tooth Fairy is a relative newcomer to the face scene, or at least in the way that we know her. The Tooth Fairy is usually portrayed as a tiny, sparkly creature clad in a pink dress. She looks like something straight out of a children's film, and for good reason, because she came from kids' entertainment. She first appeared in print as her bubbly winged self in a play by Esther Watkins Arnold from 1927 called The Tooth Fairy, three-act playlet for children. And though the short production wasn't very popular, The Tooth Fairy's creation coincided with the rise of Disney films and the prominence of fairies in American pop culture. 1940s Pinocchio and 1950s Cinderella feature benevolent fairies who arrive to grant wishes, which could explain our perception of the Tooth Fairy as a magical and kind presence. It's unclear when her signature color became pink, but perhaps it represents healthy gums. 
However, it's interesting to note that the Tooth Fairy doesn't seem too concerned for children's oral hygiene. In fact, she's almost a mercenary. How she gets the teeth isn't important to her. She simply grabs the tooth, pays cash, and is on her way. And with all the magic and the shiny distraction of new coins, children often forget to wonder, why does the Tooth Fairy want our teeth? Malcolm adjusted his stance and stepped up to the plate. The helmet was heavy on his head as he stared out onto the field. The other kids were crouching low and slapping their gloves hungrily, like the players they saw on their cereal boxes. Malcolm choked up on the bat and swallowed hard. His dad had promised that Little League would be a painless sport. Malcolm had seen his brother David come home with big purple bruises on his arms from football, and he was scared to do anything even close to that. But his father told him that Little League would build his confidence. All Malcolm had to do was hit the ball, run around the bases, and not throw the bat. Running was Malcolm's favorite part. He loved feeling the wind whip through his hair and seeing the world blur around him. He only remembered to stop at the base about two-thirds of the time, but today he was determined to do exactly as he was told. So he gripped the bat and swung with all his might. The ball soared through the air and Malcolm took off running. He made it all the way to second base before the other team managed to get a hold of the ball. Then the next batter took their position. As soon as the ball started to fly, Malcolm ran again. He made it to third base where Roger and Jimmy stood guard. They were second graders, but they'd hit their growth spurts early and hard. Malcolm knew that he should feel safe. This was only a game, but as the next batter came up to the plate, the boys muttered mean things. Roger said they were going to push him down the minute he tried to run for the plate. They'd rub his nose in the gravel, right beside their sharp cleats. Malcolm didn't want to cry in front of the crowd, and especially not David. His big brother would mock him for weeks, so he bit his trembling bottom lip and glued his eyes on home plate. If he could make it there, he would be safe. He could go back to the dugout, and then his dad would take him to get a soda. Malcolm smiled at the thought and felt a strange sensation at the front of his mouth. His right front tooth had moved. He touched it with his tongue and it wiggled as if it had a mind of its own. Malcolm tried to focus, but the world was too loud, too fast. Every clomp of the other boy's cleats rattled his nerves and sent his tongue probing at his tooth again. Then the sound of bat on ball whipped him back to attention, and he ran. People around him screamed, but Malcolm had his eyes on home plate. It meant ice cream and soda, and his dad and David being proud of him. Then a steel bat floated toward him, like it was moving in eerie slow motion. He told himself to stop, to duck, to do something, but his body didn't listen. There was a flash of light as the bat hit Malcolm's face. Then there was darkness. 
Malcolm didn't know where he was, but he was cold, and there was a sweet smell in the air, like maple syrup. Then he heard something close by. Something buzzed and fluttered, and the darkness in front of him moved. Malcolm, sang a strange voice. Malcolm gasped at the sound of his name. Who was there? Then he heard the fluttering sound again, this time behind him. He turned around. There, almost hidden in the black, was a creature unlike anything he'd ever seen. It was milky white with huge, bulbous eyes that gleamed in the dark. He could see its wings flutter behind it, buzzing. It floated closer. The thing inched toward him and extended a shiny, bony appendage. Malcolm wanted to run, to scream, but he was paralyzed. Then the thing, now just inches from him, reached past his trembling lips and into his mouth. Suddenly, Malcolm felt sharp, searing pain, and he screamed. Malcolm opened his eyes with a gasp to see his dad kneeling over him, looking worried. He realized he was still at the baseball field, laying in the grass, and the unnerving, searing pain he'd felt in the dark had been replaced by dull throbbing. His mouth hurt, and everything inside of it was wetter than it used to be. He didn't want to cry, but tears streamed down his face. Malcolm's coach was yelling at his players about the most important rule, never throw the bat. His dad was telling him he was all right, or would be all right. Malcolm tried to speak, but there was something thick in his mouth. It tasted like that time he'd licked a penny. He looked at his dad, confused, but it was his brother, David, who held the answer. He reached into the dirt and held up two tiny white chunks. Malcolm reached up to his lips as he realized he was missing his two front teeth. Coming up, Malcolm is introduced to the wonder and horror of the Tooth Fairy. Hi, listeners. It's Vanessa from Parcast. When you think of a criminal, do you picture a killer, a gangster, a thief? I bet you didn't think it could be the little old lady down the street who murdered her tenants. Every Wednesday on my series, Female Criminals, meet the unlikeliest of felons, mothers, neighbors, and unsuspecting lovers with a penchant for dangerous behavior. Discover the psychology and motives behind their disturbing crimes and find out where their story stands today. But that's not all. Airing right now on Female Criminals is our special five-part look at the world's most infamous femme fatales, women who were deceptive and deadly, but not always the villain. Catch these episodes and more by following the Spotify original from Parcast, Female Criminals. New episodes premiere weekly. Listen free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Now back to the story.
After the tooth incident at Little League, Dad took them out for egg creams. The straw fit straight through the hole where Malcolm's front teeth had been. It felt nice to have something cold there again, like an ice pack, but tastier. It still hurt, though. But what was worse was he kept thinking about the thing he'd seen after the bat hit him. The creature with the wings. It made him feel scared. But still, Malcolm didn't tell anyone. He had seen how worried his dad was. He didn't want to make things worse. Plus, junior varsity players weren't afraid of anything, especially invisible monsters that were almost certainly a figment of his crybaby brain. David dropped Malcolm's teeth on the table like stray coins. Feeling hopeful, Malcolm asked his dad if they could put them back in his mouth somehow. David rolled his eyes. Everyone knows you don't get to keep the teeth you lose. Malcolm's face fell. Why hadn't anyone warned him? Would he be toothless forever? The whistle noise he made when he spoke was cool but he wasn't ready to go through life with two teeth missing. What if he needed them for something? David flicked one of the teeth and it landed with a clack on Malcolm's plastic food tray. He stuffed the tooth into his pocket and told David that he was going to do his best to keep it. David shot a glance at their dad, then leaned in close to whisper, don't tell me they haven't told you about the tooth fairy. Malcolm looked at David, confused. He didn't know who they was. He didn't know who the Tooth Fairy was either. David laughed, turned to their father and said, Mom would have told him. Their dad sighed and asked them both to just please eat their dinner. Malcolm picked at his french fries, but he kept looking across the table at David. He was smiling and that bothered Malcolm. David always looked like he knew something no one else did. But then, Malcolm remembered the creature with the wings he saw earlier. The thought made him nervous, but he was determined to prove himself to David. Malcolm told David he did know the Tooth Fairy. In fact, he'd just seen her. David rolled his eyes. He told Malcolm that you couldn't just meet her, not until you lost your teeth and not until nighttime. That was when she would come into your room and take the tooth. That sounded like a really bad thing to Malcolm. He already had to worry about monsters under his bed, and now there was a new person who wanted his teeth? David leered at him. Exactly. She'll give you a nickel for it if you're lucky, but it's definitely not worth the scare. Not to mention what happens if she comes and you don't have a tooth under your pillow. Malcolm's voice shook as he asked his dad if David was telling the truth. Their dad sighed and told Malcolm that the tooth fairy wasn't real, just a capitalistic construct designed to make kids like money. Malcolm wasn't sure what that meant, but it sounded very adult, so he nodded. After dinner, Dad paid the bill and they headed to the car. Malcolm checked his pocket to make sure the tooth was still there. David still had the other one. He said Malcolm couldn't keep track of things, and he needed to save the second tooth in case the fairy came to shake him down again. Malcolm was still asking David questions about the tooth fairy when they got home. Why didn't Dad want to talk about it? What did Mom know? 
David's voice got cold and hard as he told Malcolm that adults lose their memories of the evil fairy. They couldn't remember what it was like to be hunted. David was 14, and he was relieved that his teeth were done falling out, but he told Malcolm that he still had nightmares about it. He could hear her fluttering wings and the clacking sound her dress made. The Tooth Fairy never wanted just one tooth. She'd try to rip them all out of your mouth. Malcolm's mouth fell open. He was a good kid. He didn't deserve to have his teeth pulled out. Why wasn't the fairy like Santa? Didn't being good matter? Malcolm protested, chasing his brother into his room. But David, fairies are supposed to grant wishes and make you fly, like in Pinocchio or Peter Pan. David flopped on the bed and sighed. Tinkerbell tried to kill Wendy, like a lot. David then stood and drew closer to explain that if the Tooth Fairy really liked your teeth, she'd take you home. Thousands of kids were trapped there, where she forced them to eat strange fruit full of sharp blades. The blades would cut your throat to ribbons. The blood trickled everywhere across your face and down your neck, and soon, tiny rows of teeth sprouted from the cuts. They grew everywhere, in your mouth and out of your neck. And the Tooth Fairy would pluck each one away, so new ones could grow in and the whole scary process would start over. Malcolm's heart thumped in his chest. He stared at his older brother, wide-eyed, as David continued. He told Malcolm that three of his classmates had been taken away to the Tooth Fairy's kingdom. Those kids would never grow up. They were frozen forever in some scary castle where the floors were made out of the teeth from their own mouths. Malcolm wished he'd never played Little League. He wished he never lost his teeth. Maybe he could hide them and the fairy just wouldn't come. But then he remembered he only had one. He asked David to give him back his other tooth, but his brother just smirked and fished it out of his pocket, holding it up high. Malcolm jumped as high as he could, trying to get his tooth back from David, but the older boy just laughed and held it higher. He said he was just keeping it safe for him and that he would only help him if he begged. Malcolm gave one more leap before collapsing in defeat. He tried not to cry as he shouted, She's not going to come back. She's not even real. But then the air grew cold. He could sense something was behind him. Long, thin hands reached out, and Malcolm felt a strong grip on his shoulder. Malcolm whipped around in fright, but it was just his dad telling them to keep it down. It was time for bed. Malcolm brushed his teeth, watching the sand of his timer trickle down. Usually it took forever for two minutes to pass, but tonight, Everything moved fast. He got ready for bed, but as he slipped beneath the covers, Malcolm realized that he never got his second tooth back from David. He didn't want to give any of his teeth up, but he didn't want to get hurt either. So he took the only tooth he had out of his pocket and put it under his pillow. The door to his room creaked. 
Malcolm jumped, but it was only his dad. Hey, kiddo, he whispered, and he sat beside Malcolm on his twin bed. I know David wound you up, but you should know he's just trying to upset you. We didn't even have a tooth fairy when mom and I were little. Hope sprang in Malcolm's heart. He asked his father to confirm one more time that the tooth fairy wasn't real. Dad shook his head. No, bud. Like I said, she's just a story to make you value capitalism. Malcolm asked what capitalism was, but his dad just sighed. This is a morning conversation, Malcolm. He then held out Malcolm's stray tooth, the one David had stolen, and placed it on his nightstand. Then he kissed Malcolm's head, turned on the nightlight, and shuffled out of the room. Malcolm sat up and called out, Dad, would Mom have told me about her? His father stopped at the door. There was a strange sadness in his eyes, one of those grown-up ones Malcolm felt he'd never understand. Dad just said, I don't know. She didn't care about money, and that's not the story she told David, as far as I know. But you both have her imagination. Don't let it run away with you. Then he closed the door. Malcolm pulled his covers up to his chin. His dad hadn't ever been wrong before. Well, except about whether they would be late to the movies and baseball, but not about something as important as this. Still, Malcolm tried to keep his eyes open. If he never went to sleep, maybe the fairy wouldn't be able to come in. He turned and searched his pillow. One tooth was still under it, and the tooth David took was lying on his bedside table. Malcolm decided that he had to hide that one so the Tooth Fairy wouldn't take both his teeth. So he stuffed it in the little pocket at the front of his pajama shirt and peered into the darkness as long as he could. But his eyelids started to get heavy, and though he tried to fight it, Malcolm couldn't escape sleep. As he fell into the realm of dreams, he never heard the creak of his bedroom window or the soft footsteps, or the quiet clacking of teeth on teeth. Coming up, the Tooth Fairy comes to collect. Now back to the story. A breeze from the open window roused Malcolm from sleep. For one blissful moment, he didn't think about David, his horrible story, or the Tooth Fairy. He woke up facing the soft, comforting glow of his nightlight. He let his eyes close, hoping to find sleep again. But the room was cold, and he'd somehow kicked his covers down below his feet. He felt for them in the dark, but they seemed to have fallen impossibly far. He kept his eyes closed and pushed up onto his elbows to extend his reach. As he rose, he felt one bony finger touch his face, and his eyes snapped open. David was right. There was a tooth fairy, and she, or it, was familiar. It was the thing he'd seen when he passed out on the baseball field. Only this creature was even stranger. 
Its eyes were like a beetle's, big, dark globes that were where ears would be on a person. Its face was a perfect heart shape with a thin line of a mouth. Human teeth stuck out of its flesh in even patterns that were almost beautiful. Malcolm had pictured soft, glittering wings, but this creature's wings looked more like sharp glass than delicate webbing. They glinted in the moonlight like a knife Malcolm had seen in one of those scary movies David liked. What was even more wondrous was the Tooth Fairy's dress. Slivers of brilliant white teeth had been strung together to make a robe that rattled with each movement. In the dim glow of Malcolm's nightlight, the dress shimmered, and with a flash, he saw the faces of the children the teeth had belonged to, and all of them were screaming. That long, thin finger moved to rest on Malcolm's arm. It was as milky white as the teeth on the dress, and slick with saliva. He wanted to call for his dad, but he remembered what David had said. His dad wouldn't believe in the Tooth Fairy, even if it was right in front of him. Malcolm was on his own. The fairy tilted its head to examine him. Malcolm tried to hold still, but he was too afraid. He shivered and stammered out one whispered word. Please. The fairy sat on his bed and shifted its wings. Bits of glitter seemed to float off of them. It smelled like candy apples and soda pop. Malcolm wanted to taste it, maybe even lick the wings, but he knew that he shouldn't. The Tooth Fairy turned its head and spoke without moving its lips. Do you like where you live, Malcolm? Malcolm told it that this was the only place he'd ever lived, so it must be the best. The Fairy laughed. Its breath smelled like caramel. No one had told Malcolm that this odd-looking creature could be so sweet. It lifted its bony finger off his skin and turned its hand over, its palm facing up at him. Malcolm knew what he was supposed to do, so he leaned over to his nightstand, picked up the tooth, and gave it to the fairy. Malcolm hoped it would be enough, Before bed, he had moved his other tooth to his pajama pocket for safekeeping. He could almost feel it through the fabric, but he didn't want to give that one away. He didn't care about money that much, and he didn't want to do more capitalism, but he would give it away to keep himself safe, if she came back for more. The tooth fairy smiled, then opened up its mouth to reveal pink empty gums. It seemed it had teeth everywhere except where they should have been. Then the fairy swallowed the tooth, which was still covered in dust from the t-ball field. As Malcolm watched, a new tooth sprouted out of the fairy's cheekbone. It was his tooth. His eyes widened. Without thinking, he reached toward it. The fairy's fingers smacked his hand away. Malcolm stuttered out an apology, and the fairy smiled. Malcolm was suddenly reminded of his brother. Why did so many people like to smile right before they did something scary or mean? It reached those frighteningly long fingers into its own neck, searching around with a wet squelch. 
Then it pulled a bloody dollar bill from the hole in its throat and held it out to Malcolm. He shook his head. He didn't know what kind of germs fairies carried, and he didn't want any part of it. The fairy pushed the bill toward him again, but when Malcolm still wouldn't take it, the fairy shoved him back and flung it at him. Malcolm fell backward, and the button on his pocket flopped open, revealing his hidden tooth. The fairy stared at him for a moment. Then it sprang forward, lightning fast, and ripped the pocket off of his pajamas. Malcolm opened his mouth to yell for his dad. He didn't care if his father couldn't see the fairy. He needed him. But his voice died in his throat. And then he realized he couldn't move. He tried to twist his arms or flex his toes, but nothing worked. The fairy picked up the second tooth and swallowed it. This time, the tooth didn't grow out of its cheek. Malcolm was relieved not to have to see that again. So relieved that he smiled. Until he felt his body seize in sharp, searing pain, Malcolm screamed in agony as something sliced at his skin. The pain was so awful that his eyes screwed shut. His voice came back to him, but he couldn't do anything but scream and cry. Then all at once, the pain stopped. Malcolm opened his eyes slowly and saw his bed, the one he sat on seconds ago, only it seemed bigger now. Malcolm still couldn't move and he didn't understand where he was. It felt like he was in a tube. Then he heard a whisper beside him. It's not that bad in here. He turned to see a kid near his age, stuck in a tube next to him. The kid shrugged, then explained, You get to see some nice things, like other kids' rooms, but the castle is worse. Malcolm looked back to the bed and caught a shimmer of light on his sheets, but it seemed like the shimmer was coming from him. He knew where he was now. He was part of the fairy's dress. The tube he was in was one of thousands of tooth slivers lining her robe. It clacked against the others as the fairy backed into his closet. Malcolm pounded on the strange smoky glass and watched, helpless, as his father and brother ran in to examine his empty bed. The only sign that the Tooth Fairy had visited at all was the bloody dollar bill sitting on his bedspread. One of the most common nightmares shared around the world is the vision of our teeth falling out. Scientists and mental health professionals suggest that such dreams are a result of physical stimuli of the teeth while the sufferer is asleep. Teeth grinding, for instance, is a common example. Or when a child feels a tooth loosening before they lose it completely, they're likely to have nightmares. Losing a tooth can be physically and mentally traumatic, and once it happens, it's time for the tooth fairy to do her bit. At least if you're an American child born after her popularization in the 1920s. 
Still, despite her newness, the fairy's presence and powers actually spring from a very old practice called sympathetic magic. This is a form of witchcraft where in order to achieve a desired result, you imitate it first. In the case of baby teeth, children around the world have offered up their lost molars to animals known for their own strong teeth for centuries. In this way, they hope to charm the creature into blessing them with that same strength. Mice are popular in this tradition, particularly in Europe. Spain and other Spanish-speaking countries have Ratoncito Perez, a mouse who collects children's teeth in the night, leaving gifts in return. And in America, we have the Tooth Fairy, who offers children magic, comfort, and cash. But there are parts of her legend we seem to studiously avoid. Like, where does she get the money? What does she do with all those teeth? Though she's a positive figure, we're less curious about engaging with her. There's no tradition of waiting up for the Tooth Fairy, the way that children might try to catch a glimpse of Santa. Perhaps this is because the Tooth Fairy gives, but she also takes. Children are expected to offer up not just good behavior, but a part of themselves. It's a tiny form of human sacrifice you have to make if you want to grow up. But hey, at least you get a few bucks out of it. Thanks for listening to Mythical Monsters. We'll be back next week with a new famous fairy. You can find all episodes of Mythical Monsters and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. I'll see you next time. Mythical Monsters is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler. Sound designed by Brian Golub, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Aaron Larson. This episode of Mythical Monsters was written by Lil D. Ritter and Jennifer Riche, with writing assistance by Alex Garland, fact-checking by Bennett Logan, and research by Adriana Gomez. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 